Thanks for joining us at Reveal, a Jesus-centered community. To learn more about us and what's going on, check us out on the web at www.revealvineyard.com. We hope in the minutes to come, you're able to find God, find others, and find yourself. Thanks again for listening. We are on week number four of our series, answering the most important question in all of life. What on earth am I here for? Why do I exist? What is my purpose? Why do I draw my next breath on this big blue marble of a planet? And so we've been unpacking that. Catch you up if if you've missed any of it. Let me get you up to speed. One of the scripture passages that has driven us in the last couple weeks is Ephesians 1.4 that says, even before he made the world, he being God, even before God made the world, God loved us. Before anything was created, before anything was spoken into existence, before anything happened, before any of the let there be, God already loved you. Now, this is an amazing concept, and it is life-changing. It is the foundation of everything that we experience in life. It's not a stretch to say that God, therefore, created the universe so he could create our solar system, so he could create Earth, so he could create the human race, so he could create you, so that he could love you. This means that your first purpose in life is you were created to be loved by your creator. You were created to be loved by God. Think about that. Before, uh, long before you're ever called to serve God, long before you're ever called to trust God, your first purpose is to let God love you. Think of that. Let God love you. You can do that by embracing his gift of love through Jesus Christ, his son. Right? That is God's expression of love to us. So scripture is clear. You were created to be loved. What on earth am I here for? Last week we looked at our second purpose. You were not only created to be loved, but you were created to belong. Because God is love, God did not want you to be a spiritual orphan, and so God invites you into his family. Look at Ephesians 1.5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, this is what he wanted to do. And notice what happened. It gave him great pleasure. You have been invited, adopted into God's family because God does not want you to be a spiritual orphan. And what is the spiritual, what is the physical representation of God's family on earth? It is the church. You have been invited into the family of God because you were never meant to do life alone, right? Spiritual growth is best when it is a group activity. When your faith is inspiring my faith, when my faith is inspiring your faith, and God invites us, God knowing that, early on in the creation process, uh, in the creation account, God says, it's not good for these guys to be alone. It is not good for you to be alone. And so God invites you to belong into his family. Now, when you're loved and when you belong, then you can discover your third purpose in life, which is what we are looking at today. You were created to become. You were created to be loved, you were created to belong, and you were created to become. If you don't know, you are under construction. You are being worked and you are being reworked. You are in the process of change. The Bible calls this sanctification. You are in the process of being sanctified. You are in the process of being made holy. You are in the process of being called out, set apart for a specific 
purpose. This is why I like to say that we're all in stages of various recovery. Because we are. We're all in the process of being reworked. This is what the Holy Spirit does in us. You were created to belong. Now, you should be asking, or you were created to become. You should be asking, well, what am I created to become? It's not a what. It's a who. All right? Look at Romans 8, 29. You were created to become like Jesus. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. He chose them to become like his son. Now, are you starting to see it? What on earth am I here for? You were created to be loved. You were created to belong. You were created to become. You were created to be loved. You were created to belong. You were created to become. We should put a little beat to that. You were created. Uh, No, I won't. I won't. Don't make me beatbox because I'll impress you. I won't impress you. All right, but you get it, right? You were created to be loved. You were created to belong. And you were created to become like Jesus. Now, let's, let's, let's make something very clear. Your third purpose in life is to become like Jesus. What does that mean? Let's be clear. You're not going to be God. You're not going to be a, a God. You're not going to be a mini-me God. You may have a God complex, but you are not becoming God. You may have looked in the mirror this morning and said, oh my God. But I doubt if you looked in the mirror and said, oh my me, right? You are not God, nor will you ever be God. You're not created to become God, but listen, listen. You are created to reflect the image and the character of God. You are being called to reflect the image, the character, and the fruit of who God is who Jesus is. And so what is Jesus like? If you want to know what you're supposed to be like, which is Jesus, what is Jesus like? Well, Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says that Jesus is love, and Jesus is joyful, and peaceful, and kind, and self-controlled, and merciful. We are being called to become like Jesus, meaning that our lives should be displaying the fruit of love. That our lives should be increasing in patience and kindness and joy and all of those things that Scripture talks about as being the fruit of the Spirit, that that should be becoming evident in us because you were called to become like Jesus, to reflect the image and the character of who He is. You were created to become. Now, Scripture often uses the metaphor of running a race to describe the Christian experience. It talks about this idea of running a race. Now the good news is you're in a race and for those of us that are not known for our speed, it's not a sprint. It's not a 40-yard dash. Uh, The tougher news is it's a marathon. So I don't know if I've ran a couple half marathons, never a full, but you are in a marathon to maturity. God is working something in you. God is accomplishing something in you. And it's not accomplished in a 40-yard dash. It's accomplished throughout the lifetime of the marathon that you are in. Every mile crossed, God is working something out. He is cheering you on. He is rooting you. He is preparing you. He is training you. He is calling you to finish well. And we're going to unpack that today. It's a good word coming your way. Let's pray. Lord, I'm excited. I love the topic today. Called to become like Jesus. Called to reflect uh, all that you are. And so uh, today we present ourselves 
And uh, it's my hope that every one of us right now would just say, come, Holy Spirit, speak to me so clearly. Speak to me today. Point us in the way that we should go, and we will take steps that direction. So speak clearly as we study your word. Our desire is to be more like you and to please you in all ways, as Colossians 1 says. We invite your Holy Spirit. Be with us even as we worship you through our giving and through our offering as we place you first uh, in all things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's talk about the marathon to maturity. How do we finish strong? How do we become more like Jesus? If you want to finish strong, I have six thoughts for you. You have to simplify life, meaning you have to cut, clean, discard the junk that's holding you back from the race that you're running. Back in my younger days, I used to love to snow ski. Uh, I don't know if my knees can much handle it anymore, but I had buddies and we would always be heading somewhere to ski. When I got married, I wanted to introduce my wife to the sport that I loved. And so shortly after we were married, I'm like, let's go on a ski weekend. And we headed up the mountain. And let me start with the positives. She looks smoking hot in her ski apparel. And that is where the positives end. All right? The worst experience I've ever had on a ski slope was skiing backwards, trying to teach the woman I love how to snow plow. Some people are just not meant to be on snow, right? I don't know how many hours and how many trips trying to get her to master even the basics on a bunny hill, and she just could not do it. And at some point, I told her, I told her, you're holding me back, I told her. I was like, this sucks. I said, no, you suck, actually, and you're holding me back. See, I'm called to go higher. I want to go to the top. I'm not meant to snowplow on the bunny slope, and so you are meant to be in the lodge with the book by the fire. I'm meant to go up higher, and so I told her, I was like, I'm going up. You make it to the lodge. I don't know how you're going to get there. See that four-year-old? Do what she does. She'll get you there. Right? If you don't ski or if you've never learned it, you know, it's, you know it can be difficult and frustrating. I was like, you're holding me back. Now look, if you want to finish strong, you're going to have to get rid of whatever is holding you back. And I'm not talking about your spouse. <laughs> I don't want you going on to say, babe, I don't know how to tell you, but the pastor told me I got, you're holding me back. That's not what I mean. You know what I mean. What is it? that is holding you back. What does that look like? Because, hey, here's what I know. You're being called up higher. You're not meant to snowplow on the bunny hill your whole life. And so what is holding you back? What is weighing you down? What does that look like? Maybe it's time to clean out the clutter and to sterilize the mind and rework your schedule and tidy up some relationships and get rid of some unnecessary baggage and weight because no one runs a marathon in a parka and work boots. They strip down to the bare necessities to do what they're called to do. So what's holding you back? Maybe you need to eliminate the distractions and the detours and the dead ends and the time wasters. Look what Hebrews 12 tells us. Hebrews 12.1. It says, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Now, you know, what is it saying that we need to get, what, what is it saying that we should get rid of? Anything. What, I don't know what it is. I don't know what holds you back may not hold me back. What's holding me down may not be holding you down. 
Get rid of anything that is slowing you down and holding you back. Whatever it is has to go. Look at the rest of the passage. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially, here it comes, the sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet, oh man, and trip us up. And let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. You know that God has a particular race for your life? Your race isn't exactly like my race. My race isn't exactly like your race. Only you can run your race. Your spouse can't run your race. Your mama, your daddy, your boyfriend, girlfriend, they can't run your race. I can't run your race for you. Only you can run your race. And here's the challenge. Everybody has a race they want you to run. I bet you you have a boss that wants you to run the race he or she wants you to run. Culture has a race they want you to run. Your parents may have mapped out your entire race for you, and it may not be your race. You may have a spouse that wants you to run their race. I don't know what that looks like for you, but here's what all of us need to decide. We need to decide whose race am I going to run. See, because you can run the race of your choosing. You can run the race of someone else's choosing. Or you can run the race of God's choosing, but you cannot run all three at the same time. You have to decide whose race am I going to run. And what does that look like? So if you're going to finish strong, if you're going to become, my advice is make sure you are running the right race and then strip off everything. Get rid of everything that is slowing you down. Whatever junk is holding you back. Can I be honest with you? You got a little junk in the trunk. Mm -hmm. Some of you, more than one way. You got a little junk in the trunk. You should look at someone and say, I got a little junk in the trunk. Some of you, you're mad at me right now. I don't care. I'm not running your race. Right? We all have a little junk in the trunk. Hey, Sheila, how you doing? That was perfect timing right there. It wasn't even planned. Right? There's some, we all got a little something that's holding us back that needs to go. And so what does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? Only you can answer that. All right, that's step one. Here, here's my second thought. You want to run your race. You want to finish well. You want to become, you're going to have to learn to be patient. Look at 12.1 again. Let us strip off anything that slows us down, holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet that they trip us up and let us run with patience. The particular race. There's your race that God has set before us. The race to maturity. Listen, the race to maturity is going to take your entire life. It's not a 40-yard dash. It's going to take your entire life. You're not going to finish it. You're not going to become in a week or a month or a year. And the beauty that I love about God is he's willing to work with us and take the time that's needed to have us become who we are called to become. See, I can teach you how to be a man of God. I can teach you how to be a woman of God through God's word, but I cannot teach you how to do it quickly because it doesn't happen that way. It will take time. It is a process that all of us have to go through. So every Sunday, my hope is that you take a baby step towards the person that God is calling you to be. And if you can take a baby step, something concrete every week, if you can take a baby step at the end of the year, you've covered some significant ground. See, life is not one big leap. It's one small step in front of the other. And over time, we look back and we think, look where God has brought me. 
Look what God has done. But it's going to be a lifetime of work. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us, catch the phrase, more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. More and more. It, it, it means that this is a race that takes time. More and more means it's sequential, it's systematic, it's daily, it's one step at a time. It's a process. More and more implies that this does not happen quickly. It happens over time, more and more. Hey, if you're here today and you're a little frustrated with yourself, simplify your life, get rid of the junk, and then be patient. God will do what God has promised to do if you do what you need to do. Let's look at the third key. Marathon to maturity. Keep your focus. Some of you may remember 2004 Summer Olympics. There was an American Olympian named Matthew Emmons um, who was shooting for the gold medal in the 50-meter three-position rifle competition. He was so out in front the last round that all he had to do was hit the target and the gold medal was his. Going into the last round, Emmons uh, took his position, uh, calmed his breathing, calmed his heart rate, slowly squeezed the trigger, and bam, dead center bullseye. Gold medal, right? No, see, there's a problem. See, Emmons lost his focus, and he hit the bullseye, but he didn't hit his target. He hit the target of the person next to him. True story, true story. They thought it was a misfire because his target was clear until they realized the target next to him had two holes in it. He went from first place to eighth place with one shot because he lost his focus. He lost his focus. What does that mean for you? You see, if you lose your focus and you shoot at the wrong target for a day, you'll be all right. If you lose your focus and you shoot at the wrong target for another day, you'll recover, you'll be all right. But if you lose your focus and you shoot at the wrong target and a day turns into a month and a month turns into a year and a year turns into a lifetime, one day you will wake up and you will realize you've been shooting at a target that was never yours and you have wasted a life. And so how, what is your focus? Listen, if you're going to focus on something, focus on the person that you're supposed to become like, meaning let's start to focus on Jesus. Focus on what matters. Here's my suggestion to you. Start small. 10 minutes a day focusing on the person you're supposed to become like Jesus. Why is that important? Because what you think about, what you focus on, you eventually become. We know that. What you focus on, you eventually become. And so this is critical. If you want to become like Jesus, you're going to need to begin to focus on the life and the teachings of Jesus. You know, studies show that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most of our time with. Think about your five. You become the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. Now, for some of you, that should be a sobering thought. If you want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to spend some time around Jesus and some people that are spending time around Jesus. Because spiritual growth is a group activity, right? It's best when it's shared. And so if we're called to be like Jesus, we're going to need to be around Jesus. I don't care how you do it and what that looks like. What works for you may not work for me and vice versa. But we are called to be like Jesus, so we're going to have to be around Jesus. Uh, several weeks ago, I'll put it back on the screen, I told you about the YouVersion Bible app that has all kinds of Bible reading 
applications for you to read through Scripture, read through the New Testament, read through a topic It'll so many different ways, and you can read through all of it in a year, six months, three months, whatever that looks like for you. I'm wondering, you don't have to put your hands up, how many of you people took advantage of that free app? It's one of the best apps on the App Store. Some of you are like, you don't care, I'm raising my hand. I did it. Good for you! Right? And I told you that if you don't like to read, it will read it for you. Someone's like, hey, I really, this after service is that I appreciate you busting my teeth on that because uh, the other day I was changing shocks in the car. I was like, I'm not going to turn on the radio. I'm going to put on my version app. And it's like, it read through like six chapters for me. Right? It's like, I'm in the car. I do away with the radio for 20 minutes and I'm, I listen on the way to work. And it's like, I'm amazed at how much ground I've covered in such a short period of time. Listen, you're going to have to be around the person that you're supposed to be like. So here's a perfect opportunity for you. I encourage you to memorize and meditate on Scripture. Have you taken any step towards that? There's a great opportunity. Do you spend any time in prayer talking to God, asking for strength and wisdom and tell Him what's weighing you down? Do you spend any time listening to God? Spend any time doing the works of Jesus? Doing what, what does that look like for you? Listen, it's time to regain your focus to become like the person that you're called to become. Look at Hebrews 12 too. Fixing our eyes... Focus on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Now, I like how the Good News Bible puts it. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our, I love this, faith depends from beginning to the end. If you're going to make it, and if you're going to finish strong, and if you're going to become like who you're supposed to become like, then your eyes must be fixed on the one who not only started your faith, On the eyes of not only the one who sustains your faith, but your eyes must be fixed on the one who in the end will finish your faith. Do you get it? Some of you are way too quiet on that. Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching better than you respond. I just got to be honest with you sometimes. Right? Right? That your faith depends on from beginning, from the start of your faith to the end when your faith is made complete. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Four step. Oh, thank you. Thank you over there. Tip jar coming your way. Four step to maturity. Remember the reward. When life is difficult, remember the reward. This is life, right? Problems, pressures, trials, difficulties, ups and downs. This is what life is. But God can use, not cause, but God can use every situation to mature us, to create something in us. Now, listen very carefully. You are called to become like Jesus. That means you are going to go through some of the very things that Jesus went through. So, was uh, Jesus ever lonely? Yeah, he was. Was Jesus ever criticized? Oh, yeah. Was Jesus ever betrayed? Yeah. Was he worn out and fatigued? Yeah. Was he ever misunderstood? Absolutely. He went through all of these things. What makes us think that we should be able to avoid those things? Right? This is what life is. This is part of what we will go through. Don't be surprised when problems come your way. This is not the easy stage. The easy stage is in the life to come. Amen? In eternity, where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, where there's no more suffering, there's no more sadness, there's no more problems, there's no more difficulties, there's no more heartache, there's no more Phoenix Suns constantly losing. There's better days ahead of us. Look at Hebrews 12. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him. Remember, the reward 
He endured the cross. What helped Jesus to endure the cross? The reward that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. He knew what was waiting on the other side. Look at verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Jesus endured opposition from sinners. Why? So that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart. Trials, hardship, long stretches of exhaustion, frustration. It's all part of the race. It's all part of the race. But you should not lose heart. Look at 1 Peter. Here's the promise. And after you have suffered for a little while, because our little time on earth is really short on the timeline of eternity. After you have suffered for a while, what will the God of all grace do? He who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, here's what God will do. He himself will restore you. And he himself will confirm you and strengthen you. And he himself will establish you. One day, I'm telling you, church, one day you will be repaid everything. And God himself will restore and God himself will confirm and strengthen and he will establish you. Not for a day, not for a week, for a year. He will do it for eternity. You have a reward coming. And when life is hard, we have to remember the reward. Remember the reward. Here's my fifth uh, one. Um, Fifth in the marathon to maturity. Gather a team. In other words, who's running with you? It's your race. No one can run your race for you. But you need someone who's running alongside of you. Um, Did two half marathons. The second one my wife did with me. Uh, she's not much of an athlete back, you know, and so she trained really hard for it. I was very proud of her. And um, about mile 10, she hit the wall, was exhausted. And she tells a story of a lady who was on the uh, path, the, 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 the marked uh, course. And she said, I caught eyes with this woman. And this woman, with all the passion in her, was cheering and saying, you can do this. This is your day. You got it. You can finish this race. This is your time. And she said, there was something about this woman. If you ask her, she'll tell you, I will never forget this woman as long as I live. I don't know who she is. But she spoke something into me that allowed me to finish. Who is it that's with you? That's cheering you on. If you don't have anyone, I'm concerned for you. You need someone around you that is cheering you on. There's an old proverb that says this, that when you run alone, you run fast. When you run together, you run far. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Hey, hey, who's pushing you? Who's encouraging you? Who are you pushing? Who are you encouraging? You need a team. Here's my last step. The <clears throat> marathon to maturity. Become. Realize that what I don't finish, God will. I was created to become like Jesus. In the end, when there's, if there's some old part of me still hanging around, and there will be, right? Let's be realistic. This is a process that we're in. In the end, we're not complete The promise of God is that he will complete what he started. One day, he will complete it in its entirety. Philippians uh, 1.6, being confident, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work, right? It's his work, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's good news I want to leave with you, church. One day, your limp will be gone. One day, 
your fears and faults will be gone and your failures and your frailties will be gone and one day your insecurities will be gone and your blemishes will be no more and you will be transformed into perfection. This is good news. Listen to 1 John 3. Dear friends, now we are children of God, right? Invited into the family, loved by God. We are children of God and what will become has not yet been made known. We're not entirely sure what it's going to look like But he says, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Hey, it's a lifetime. And I love that God says, I'm willing to be on that journey with you. And you don't have to get it in a week or a month or a year. It's your race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You will struggle. But I'm here to tell you that you will finish your race. Let me have our worship band come up. We're going to close with a couple songs. You will finish. Some of you, you are exhausted right now. And you're not even sure how and why you came today. Here's my word to you. Your race is not over and God is not finished with you yet. You're still on the course. You're still breathing. Your heart is still beating. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead still lives inside of you. So lace up your shoes And let's take one baby step in front of another because you have been called to be loved, created to be loved, and you have been created to belong, to be part of the family of God, and you have been created to become. And that is a lifetime process. Are you ready for the race? Are you ready for the journey? We're going to close with some worship. I want to encourage you to uh, just kind of abandon yourself. Let's just... Let's just use this as a time of prayer, a time of reflection, a time of proclaiming, a time of singing, a time of maybe repenting if we need to. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe for some of you, it's, you have to get rid of some junk that's been holding you back. It's been slowing you down. And when I talked about it, you knew because the Holy Spirit was like, it's time to get rid of this. Maybe you need to lighten up and quit condemning yourself and be patient and allow the work of God to occur over the lifetime of the race. I don't know what that looks like for you. Perhaps you need to gather a team around you. You're running alone. What does that look like for you today? What does that mean for you today? What did the Holy Spirit speak to you today? Holy Spirit, would you remind us, would you speak to us what it is what it is in each one of our lives. Because I want to finish strong, finish well. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Esther, let's bring those lights down. As we're worshiping, um, I'm not going to ask you to stand. Some of you, you're going to want to stand. Some of you, you're going to need to utilize the altar space. And there's nothing magical here, but there is something significant when you overcome some pride and you overcome some discomfort and you bring yourself to the altar as a way of saying, God, I'm surrendering. So some of you, you may need to use this altar space. I don't know what it's going to look like for you, but don't let this time pass by. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing what on earth you are here for to be loved, to belong, and to become.
It's good, amen? Amen. amen. Hey, uh, would you thank, if you came in late, you didn't hear what I said, but uh, this is Daniel and his wife, Jeanette. Would you thank them for leading us in worship today? <laughs> guys did a fantastic job. Make sure you come up and meet them afterwards. Uh, let me just pray. Bless you. We'll continue with our fourth purpose next week. Um, I'm glad you're here. I hope you're getting something out of this series. It's been good for my uh, self. I hope you're reading. I hope you're in a book uh, or in a, a group and you're experiencing all of this. All of these avenues, the book we're reading, the groups, the DVDs, all works together. It's just kind of building on one another. So uh, pray with me. Lord, today we uh, leave here as the church united, as the church collected, as the church gathered, and we go out uh, as the church scattered, so to speak. But we still, we're still representing Jesus out in our community, out in our workplace, in our schools. And we want to represent you well. We want to reflect Jesus and all that Jesus is. And so we invite you to lead us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Let us be naturally supernatural this week. Lead us uh, in a power that is not our own. Give us words that are not our own. Lead us into destinations that maybe we weren't planning on going uh, to. Bring us uh, individuals, divine appointments that maybe uh, we need to uh, meet with somebody that we will encourage or maybe they'll encourage us. Let us take a baby step today to finish our course well, to run the race before us, to become more like Jesus because we have been called to be loved, called to belong, and called to become. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. Fourth purpose in life. Uh, God bless you. Hey, don't forget to uh, meet Daniel and Jeanette. Thank them again, would you please?